Um, so welcome to Let's Get Real with HR. Uh, I'm your host, Kostin Sky, and this is a podcast that aims to take a look at some of the common issues that we have in HR, and perhaps we don't talk about them um, a lot of times. And um, today on the show, we have Raymond Ninovar uh, from EdLego. He is a consulting director, and I'm going to pass it over to him to introduce himself a little bit, tell us a little bit about his um, career thus far, and also about EdLego as a platform. Well, yeah, I'm great. Thank you for having me, Constantine. It's really great to be here and to share a little bit. A uh, bit about myself. Raymond had, uh, well, many years international career in Nokia, my previous life, previous company, you know, that, that I, I worked in more than 25 years there, had technical and HR roles, uh, was blessed to work in uh, Southeast Asia and in Latin America. So it was really great, interesting time, get to know many people, many cultures. What they all had in common was that they wanted to develop. There's an urge of development and then business need actually to have people develop. And that somehow uh, sets the scene as well for the work that I'm doing today for Legal, where I'm consulting companies to actually get a great start in people analytics, especially talent analytics, where we help them okay. to actually better understand what the people know, where they want to drive the business as well from strategic point of view and what competences are connected there so that they can actually help their people to be ready future-proof. Awesome, awesome. Um, you, you made the distinction between talent analytics and people analytics. Uh, what, what is the difference between the two? Well, that's a really cool question, you know. So um, the talent <laughs> analytics, I really like to look at the, 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 the talent portion, you know, the competencies or what we're talking as well about today, what are the competencies, the skills, the competency, uh, capabilities, abilities, knowledge, skill, you know, all this is some of what we're trying to capture and yeah. as well to, to help companies identifying their strategic direction, where they, want to, mm -hmm. where they want to move. And when you're looking at people analytics all, all over, can be many more things, many more facets. It can be much more as well about workforce planning, about leave data it could be about how to combine all this so they there are just many more data points that uh, that we can actually look at uh, but but we in at legal we really prefer actually looking at the talent data of what's really important for organizations to understand for the people from talent points yeah, that's right. So what I was uh, thinking and why I find Edligo to be such an interesting platform is that you don't call yourself a people analytics platform. So people know me as a people analytics guy here in Canada and uh, around the world uh, because I talk about a lot of topics in people analytics. But uh, what you're talking about is talent analytics. And the, at first I thought that you were talking about recruitment, but it looks no. like a lot of things that you're talking about is how do you actually quantify that talent uh, within the individual, what does the person bring to the table? And then how do you deploy it successfully? Yeah. It is that about right? Yeah, that, that, that could be right. Of course, with legal, you can have to be as well source inside your organization who has what competency, who has what skills, and then you can basically use this information and find the right people for succession for whatever role you may actually just want to fill. Just looking at the people from competence point of view and not from the nose factor, how we people, how we individually feel about someone. So you get a very, how to say, sober assistance and proposals through AI actually as well on, on who as well to look at. Because what we see many times, those ones that speak up loudest that raise their hand quick, you know, they're usually the first one sitting at the table or, or, or being discussed as uh, successes. But we really just put all these aside all these things, and we really focus on the competencies of the people, on the skills that the, the, the that we really just look at these portions, and that's really very helpful, very often eye-opening as well. 
it harms the tremendously when you're looking at it from D and I and B points of view, you know, so where you are really having just this naked data, looking at it and let the system give you a proposal on who would be the right people for the job. And that's sometimes mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if you might have any case studies that uh, you might be able to share around um, some of the ways where talent analytics have provided that additional level of insight, uh, just to make it a little bit more concrete. Well, of, of course, you know, for case studies, we have actually quite tons of case studies. You know, it's yeah. well prepared and if people are interested, they can check out our, our website at legal.com where we have lots of these uh, case studies as well published. Um, I think one important case study, as I just said, is in the succession planning. You know, mm-hmm. I have been, as I said earlier, in a really large corporation, you know, so more than 100,000 yeah. people. And I have been as well a leader in that organization. And we were always at this annual succession planning. You know? And we just, how it works, you know, we send around an email. We say, Raymond, please give me your top three candidates that could potentially succeed you. Now, and then I said, I'm just scratching my, my, my neck a little bit. And then I pull out the names, get rid of that topic very quickly. And that's how, how it was usually done in the past. And, and now when we're using at legal, we're actually checking out who is now in the realm of that part of the organization that could potentially actually then assume the position of Raymond. Should he get hit by the bus or just leave the company? You never know. And then suddenly we have Peter, Paul and Mary and Jessica and Raymond. I, for instance, probably never thought maybe about Paul and Jessica before, you know, but they just suddenly appear because from convergency point of view, we look at those. And then, uh, then, then I can actually get to know them potentially. If I don't really actively know them or never considered them, I could actually involve myself to really get to know them better. Still, I have to make an assessment, you know, and I have to make a judgment as well. Do I really want to have, do I think these people are right? Or is this maybe a glitch in the AI? But most of the times, actually, this is about what customers telling us. That this was really an eye opener to them, and they were glad actually being able then to speak to these people and got to know them, got to know them much better, as well as they know learned about their interests much better. And that, that's one actually one of the predominant use cases I I, I could just quickly share. Yeah, it's a, it's a great use case, and I think it actually creates that parallel uh, with one of the things that uh, you know I I'd like to uh, talk about is the difference between skills and competencies. Uh, but before we go there, um, the, with your case study essentially made me think about, you know, selection based on role and who is the closest to the individual, to the leader who is looking at the succession versus looking at it more objectively around what is actually required for the role. And typically, historically, organizations have been thinking about it from the lens of competencies. Yes. Um, more recently, we're starting talking about skills and skill based organization. Um, how do we establish uh, mobility within the organization based on different skills? What is the difference between skills and competencies? Well, I mean, there have been quite some doctors writing about it and writing habilitations around this, and also professors writing about it. And I, I have as well seen companies now, and just a recent discussion that I had in, in Berlin, or where we had an exhibition there uh, on HR, HR analytics and AI, where we were, we were met companies that say, actually, we put it all alike, you know, we, we just equalize it all. You know, we don't want to do this distinction anymore because it's so complicated. And you ask 10 people, you get 12 opinions about it. You know? So it's really okay. complicated. But like from, how do I say, from scientific point of view, if you want to look at it like that, then you can say um, that skills are actually contained within competencies. So skills are, but it's really like a subset and competencies are rather actually 
knowledge, skills, and abilities. You know, when you're looking at the competencies themselves. And these are items that you need to actually be aware of and you need to know so that you can actually fulfill the role of today. You know, but if you want to look at the role of the future, you need to have actually once more, you need to have a lot of additional capabilities and be able to demonstrate as well behaviors. You know, competencies like to as well include the demonstration of behavior. You know, so you're able to do this, you're able to show this, while skills are usually having as well a, how can I say it, a, a shorter durability. Competencies love to be more long-term, you know, while okay. skills may actually need to change quicker, you know, because we have always new things, the developments in technology, and you need to, how to say, you need to learn how to turn the screw to the right. Tomorrow, maybe you need to learn how to turn the screw to the left, you know, and then, uh, so I think, but these are all small pieces, but the overall screw-turning competency you know, is something that is maybe having a bigger level or bigger view. I, I love that distinction. And uh, I've never really thought about it in the same way. Usually um, people use skills and competencies interchangeably, yeah. like you said. Uh, but it's, uh, thinking of competency as an outcome almost and as a skill, as an action that needs to happen to deliver that outcome is, is a great distinction. So with that, do you think that the trend into the skill-based organization going to continue into the future? Or do you think we're going to sort of merge back into that skill competency space mm -hmm. where we use them interchangeably? Yeah. Very good question. So I think that for many companies and people actually in these organizations, it becomes too complicated. Is this not a competency? Is this a skill? Is this a knowledge? Is it an ability? I just basically think if you require this as an organization for the future, that your people can do certain things in your organization, call it whatever you want to. Okay. So as long as it helps to progress the organization and the people, call it as you like it, call it a competency, call it a competencies, call it skills, call it knowledge, you know. And But, but just be very clear, even when you're formulating it, of what do you really want the people to be able to deliver? today mm -hmm. or in the future you know? and don't make it overly complicated and leveling it to say, well, it could be actually all the same makes it then significantly easier. Yeah. It That's only, right. the, the, there is a pitfall because you have potentially thousands of skills, you know, but you don't mm -hmm. have that many competences. So you have to watch as well your granularity on which okay. level, how, how, how granular you want to go with this, you know, so competencies make it easier to actually group skills below. Uh, if, mm -hmm. if you think of a hierarchy, if you see capabilities I have on top and then I have competence, competency, competencies, and I have below competencies, I have skill, knowledge, and abilities. And if, mm -hmm. you, if you structure this, then, then yeah, a certain competency may as well be very role-dependent and uh, different role. I mean, different roles could have same competencies, but different underlying skills, especially depending mm -hmm. on the level of seniority. So it can be very complex, but I think it is, my proposal is actually always to say, well, if you have trouble with these terms, just think of competencies and skills in an equal way, you know, but don't get lost in granularity. Mm. Yeah, uh, there is that intersection between the very granular skills that can apply to essentially multiple, multiple jobs. Um, and I'm thinking about more traditional, very old school work design perspective, where we're thinking about how do we deliver on the outcomes of the job via the different tasks. 
Um, and now we are essentially adding the skill, which skills do you need to deliver the task successfully so that you can deliver the outcome of the job uh, successfully. So there is quite a bit of that complexity, uh, uh, complexity around the nomenclature. Yeah. But, but, um, but when I, so, so when I can interject you, I mean, the yeah, skills will tell you very much on, as I, if I stay with the example, on how do you turn the school to the right? Okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, the competency will have not only the skill on how to turn it to the right, but if you have to go to a client and have to turn the school to the right, and the client would like to get that explanation, then you need to have as well uh, an additional skill or competence for it as well, how to explain this to the client, how to remove fear from them, how to work with them, how to work with your interface and other things. So your task is to go to a client and turn the screw to the right, but your overall competency that that mm. on how you actually have to execute this thing, what you're supposed to do, that makes the overall competency. You know? And so it's a little bit wider way of uh, delivering the job because and how to say the way on how to turn the screw to the right could be decisive on if the client will ever call you again. That's right. That's right. And that's the ultimate outcome for any business is making sure that the client calls you again. Um, because that essentially means that you did your job really well and the client is happy and satisfied yeah. and you provided a lot of value, yeah. um, which uh, I absolutely um, love. One of the things that uh, also comes to my mind uh, is around the complexity of all of those skills and competencies and um, uh, all the different definitions, it's no, no, whatever we call them within organizations. How do companies handle that? Oh, another very good question. So it's, it's not that easy, you know, to handle this. And I, my view is always like, if I, if I, for instance, I remember, for instance, behavioral competency, for instance, they were like, okay. Tons. And I remember um, I, we, had, we, had, we have used uh, behavioral com competencies of a large organization. Everybody knows them. And years ago, they had about, I think, 120. And they have mm -hmm. been shrinking these now to, I think, 34, you know, or okay. around 30, you know. So, and which is very interesting because they have discovered that when I actually use this one, for instance, the competence A, I could find actually probably five other competencies as well in that one, or I could interpret them into those. Mm. So, and in that way, they actually have then reduced granularity. And that okay. I think is a very nice practice to think, do I really need to have all these skills or competencies individually described? Then I really get lost in this granularity. And as this other big consultancy company has been doing it, you know, so they have been then <clears throat> shrinking the number of, of competencies and grouped and among uh, other ones. And, they have, mm -hmm. and then they found over, how to say, this, this, uh, terminology that helped to actually uh, allow to include these other ones in there. And from the skills and other competencies that organizations wants to do, want to use, I would recommend the same that people sit together and I know all the companies they have will have very smart people and they have all individual naming has all great justification for sure, but people won't understand in the organization why potentially things that sound rather the same as well from content point of view, why they all need to have different names. Can we not? And simplification is key. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And so thinking about kind of the factor analysis uh, type of um, consolidation of the different variables under the same umbrellas that are actually distinct from each other versus uh, measuring the same thing. 
So from today's conversation, some takeaways uh, for me is the difference between skills and competencies, in particular, focus on the outcome and then turning the screw, the action itself, uh, the combination of the different competencies or skills that you need to bring um, out there to the clients, uh, and also thinking about simplification as an overarching term um, for how do you organize the different competencies together. One last question before we finish the podcast. Um, uh, we, where we are towards the end of the year, 2023, what are some of your predictions for talent analytics in 2024? Well, I think talent analytics is going to get much bigger. Mm. And as well, there will be more companies discovering actually that they actually have no information or not sufficient information to make good decisions about their people or about the investments they need to take in order to bring people with their competency from A to B. And we always hear that, there, that there's a lack of skilled workforce. So companies can actually not allow that their good workers are actually leaving the organization, you know, uh, because they may think today we, we might not need them in future. Like, well, why not to reskill or upskill the people? Then they already have people that bring the information, have the knowledge of the past of the organization and can easily learn something to continue to be valuable. And that helps very much when you think about upskilling and reskilling and collecting as well the information that you need for that. So that's going to be more important and uh, for, for, many, for many companies in many sectors, in many industry sectors, I believe so. Yeah, awesome. I cannot uh, disagree with you. I think that uh, the more objective approach to skills competencies and generally bringing more people analytics to organization yeah. is going to become more and more important. We've seen it over the last couple of years, and I think that this trend is going to continue. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Raymond. And so uh, I'm going to throw the different uh, links uh, for Edligo as well as uh, to your um, uh, information about you into the show notes. Uh, but, but yeah, it was really great to have you here and talk about competencies and skills. Thank you for having me, Constantine. It was great to be here. All right. And I'll see you all next week. All right. Thank Cheers. you. Bye-bye.